0: I've been declaring, making declarations for a long time because I believe in the power of our words. Hallelujah. Um, It says in Romans chapter 4, and I love Romans. I've been going through it verse by verse, piece by piece, and just chewing on it and meditating on it and, and looking at it in lots of different versions and disciplining myself to slow down because I'm I like everything fast, like fast, fast, fast. All my staff go, yes, yes. I'm an action woman, like now, do it now. Uh, (laughs) I did like a a strengths finder thing that they wanted me to do in um, New Zealand and it came out number one is activator, do it now. Um, So I, I like to like, let's just read it, let's get the revelation. But I've been disciplining myself to slow down and just verse by verse, stop and look at it and think about it and look at what does it look like to have that applied in my life. What is it and just mining glorious truth and it's so so good. Um and but here in Romans 4 it says this. It's talking about Abraham. And it says in verse 16, Romans 4 verse 16 Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that he, uh, he had uh, that What he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. We are the righteous who walk by faith. Hallelujah. But I want to draw your attention to this verse here. In verse 17, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. No, this is an invitation. The Word of God is just one big invitation crying out for a response, crying out to be responded to. It's an invitation. And, you know, all the promises of God are invitations waiting for us to engage with them. It's like food that's been laid out on a buffet. God waits for us to get up and have it. Hallelujah. And this is an invitation for us who've been created in the image of God, who created the world with his words, to use that divine power, that divine nature that now lives in us. For the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in us. That is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus. Hallelujah. That same nature you created in his image. You now have an invitation to use your words to create. And God is looking for us to be deliberate, to creatively speak, to speak and declare those things that be not as though they are to speak them into being and to say it as though it is already a reality. God was so into this. He started calling Abraham, uh, Abram, Abraham, the father of many nations before he'd had any children. God is into this. And so I, I play a, a, a game. I call it my game, all my staff, all my friends, everybody knows about this because I love to do this. And, um, It began years ago when I was going through a really hard time um, with one of my kids and I was just, when I'd travel and if Tom wasn't able to be with with me, I'd have well-meaning friends who'd want to catch up and you'd go downstairs for breakfast in, in the hotel and inevitably one of the first questions would be, how are things going with your child? And I'd be like, oh. And as soon as I started to think about the situation and I, I got to the point where it's like, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna go there. I don't even wanna give the opportunity for the question. So I'd start the conversation. I'd immediately just begin the conversation straight up. And I'd say, let's play a game. I'm not really a morning person at the best of time. Yeah, you know, I like night time. So I come awake, ah, night no time. Morning is like a little bit slow. So I, I need all the help I can get. So I said, let's play a game. And we went, I said, we're going to go around the circle, round and round and round and declare those things that be not as though they are, desires that God's put in your heart. You know, because the Bible says he gives you the desires of your heart. If it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you, Christ in you is dreaming of a whole lot more than just surviving. Christ in you is not dreaming about getting through the week. Christ in you has extraordinary, glorious dreams for him to manifest himself through you. And he says he's desiring to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask hope or imagine. I mean, we've been given the son of God. Living in us. It's a reality. God is looking for believers who actually believe what he says. That it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's not just a theological statement. It's a reality. When you've been born again, it's no longer you who live, but Christ. Not a little bit of Christ or the essence of Christ. 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 In fact, he expresses his desire is that he wants to fill you with all his fullness. And he says, reckon yourself dead. It's in Romans. Good book. Reckon yourself dead. That is to agree with God that you were buried. And you you died, you were buried, and you were raised up with him when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When you came into agreement with the reality that you were crucified with him, hallelujah. When you embrace the simplicity of salvation that says, thank you, God. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Today, I come into agreement with you. Thank you, God. You've set me free from self. You've set me free from sin. I agree with you. Hallelujah. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. This is me. I will be the righteousness of God in Christ because that's who you say I am. So I come into agreement with you. I declare that as I have exchanged my sin, I have received your righteousness, which means I am now as righteous as God, cleansed from all my guilty conscience, cleansed from sin. This is who I am. How does it feel not to be guilty anymore? How does it feel not to feel guilty? Pretty good. Hallelujah. It feels like freedom. A lot of people don't actually enjoy it because they don't actually believe it's really real. They've technically agreed in their head, but God wants you to agree, reckon with your heart, come into agreement with what you believe in your head and experience joy and freedom and peace, hallelujah, because righteousness leads to peace and joy, all right? So knowing this, I can have confidence that I can that the the desires he drops into my heart are the motives of Christ because Christ lives in me. If I'm, you know, daydreaming about fireballs going out over crowds and people getting up out of wheelchairs and you know the the blind seeing and thousands of people getting saved, the enemy might come along and go, "You big-headed arrogant person who do you think you are?" And if you don't recognize the truth that it's Christ living in you, that he gives you the desires of your heart, you could go, Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, God. I don't want really, I'm sorry, God. Who do I think I am? And God's there going, Who do you think you are? It's no longer you who live, but me. I've given you these desires. Would you come into agreement? They are an invitation for you, waiting for you to respond. And God is waiting for you to go, Oh, yeah. And you know how we respond? We respond by calling those things that be not as though they are. By recognizing, identifying these desires that God's dropped into your heart and then speaking them into being. For years and years, I've been saying, I have great favor with the Catholics. The Catholics love me. Sarah, it's true, where's Sarah Cheeseman? She would know. I've been saying it for years and years. Yes, it's so true. I spoke at the national conference. I was the only pro- Protestant speaker to speak. I spoke at the national charismatic convention last year, and they put a testimony in the national Catholic leader of a lady that had been healed. Protestant pastor Catherine Renala prayed for this lady. Here's her testimony. And. I'm so thrilled because I believe it's the heart of God for them to, to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying through us, that we might be one as the body of Christ. Hallelujah. At the privilege of leading so many to Jesus this weekend. Hallelujah. Just preaching the simplicity of the gospel. It was fun. Hallelujah. But I, I, I remembered as I was doing it, God, I've been sowing this for a long time. I've been declaring that. I've been declaring things like, I, I am anointed for souls. I am anointed for salvations. I'm anointed. You might think, well, you so arrogant. No, no, no. I have a purpose. And the Holy Spirit in me is waiting for me to come into agreement with that invitation. God hasn't called any one of us to live ordinary lives. We're all called to different expressions not everybody's called to be a mouth or hand or a foot but every one of us is called to live extraordinary lives because it's no longer you who lives but Christ who lives in you Christ in you is looking for you to begin to dream his dreams and the way that you are called to respond to them is to start calling those things that be not as though they are and as you begin to see it come to pass, we need to also recognize that that is the time that you, you say it all the more. You speak it all the more. We ask for rain in the time of rain, the scripture says. So I, I'm starting to see, I've seen what, about 48 people come to Christ over the last two weeks. I'm anointed for salvations. I'm anointed for altar calls, and I'm unashamed to declare it because as I begin to agree with what God's doing, I I join in, cooperate with the momentum that God is building. Hallelujah. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again. Tony Thompson, who's uh, our pastor, senior pastor in Glory City, Atlanta, He's been traveling with Tom and I for years and years. And he knows, he knows all about this game. We go round and round in circles all the time, traveling in cars. We just go round and round and round. Uh, James and Rochelle know all about this. We do this all the time. It's pretty good, hey? Uh, Last weekend, um, I taught the New Zealand pastors how to do this. And it was amazing. The next day, things that they had already um, declared came to pass. I played with Janice and... um, and Daniel, uh, Tom and I, and, and Denise and Jan- Daniel, we just went round and round the table. I do it to everybody, Denise. And uh, the next day, they saw something that they'd just declared the night before come to pass. Because we are called to call those things that be not as though they are, to start speaking it into being, to declare the, the, the desires of God and creatively use them, to use those words. I say things like, I see spina bifida healed. I declared that for a long time because it was a deep desire in my heart. Because I was moved with compassion. And then we saw someone healed of spina bifida. I had to start getting creative and come up with more declarations. Hallelujah. Because one after another, I declared, I I speak in the Anglican cathedrals in England. Bang, within six months, I was preaching in the Anglican cathedrals. I I walked past the television one day years ago, and I saw Sid Roth on. The kids were watching. And I just had this desire leap up in my heart to, to be on Sid Roth's program. And I just turned around to the kids and I said, I'm on Sid Roth. They go, cool, mum." <laughs> I've been on three times now. Hallelujah. I, 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 I'm not embarrassed about this because I believe I'm sharing this with you because I believe it is an invitation for you to respond to. I, I was on uh, Sid Roth with Dutch Sheets and I, seen, I saw that he was also on the 700 Club. I went, oh, I'd like to be on that too. Talked to Tom I said I'm on the 700 club well I was on the 700 club last last I don't know a little while ago and then again it's been twice hallelujah I'm going again in October hallelujah and and you think well what's that all about it's all about jumping in with the heart of God to get his name lifted up To get his name exalted. Now, you may not be called to do those things, but you may be called to do other extraordinary things, to see the abortion laws changed, to see justice um, brought in the nation. You may be called to see your entire family come to Christ, to be a light in your workplace. You may be called to be a catalyst in your school. Whatever it is, God is waiting for you to open your mouth and start speaking those things, calling those things. be not as though they are for years and years before I had a church I was declaring I have an awesome team an awesome staff I have an excellent multimedia um, staff who love the ministry and who love God and and who are so creative well Nathaniel are the very works for us now 15 years before he ever arrived I was declaring this speaking it out because God had begun to show me he wanted to see me uh, on television because he wanted to use me as bait to see the fish come into the boat hallelujah I began declaring I'm on television all over the world I have favor on the internet I have favor on television crazy favor people ask me how's this happening I say it's holy spirit it's the favor of God prophecies that i've received or prophecies that other people have received that i like i just speak it out i do because god is looking for those who will respond in faith he's just waiting god is more excited about being glorified through you than you are too often in our australian western culture we we we, cr- we get the cringe factor of, oh, you know, I don't want to be thought of as having a big head. You know, I don't want to, you know, I'm getting proud. Who are you talking about? It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Every time he manifests himself in glory, it makes me want to hit the ground and go, you're amazing, Jesus. <laughs> this is your doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. The more glory, and the more favor, and the more that he does, the more I cry out, oh God, oh God, give me myself to see clearly. Jesus, I, I reckon I need your help to know my need for you. Because it's holy and it's glorious. Papa, God is looking for us to do more than just begin to embrace a vision board. He wants to engage your mouth. He wants you to begin to speak those things out you know, and and deliberately declare it in faith. You can feel it. Pastor Joel knows all about this. He, he's been walking with me for years and years. And and we often in the staff room, we'll just go, we'll do once around the table just for fun, to have them on, on hand, ready to go, to speak it out. I heard Danny Silk say once, Um, When he turned 40, the Lord encouraged him to write down 100 dreams. And he was pretty good for the first 10. And then he thought, he wrote all his spiritual dreams down, you know, I want this, I want that. And then after 10 uh, 10 dreams, he had to really struggle and get creative. Like, I don't know, I like to swim with porpoises. (laughs) So he goes on a... um, On on missions trips or on ministry trips, and they say, you've got a day off scheduled tomorrow. We've organized for you to swim with porpoises. Would you like to do that? We go, write the vision, make it plain. I heard that, and I went, I'm going to write 100 dreams. And as we begin, not only to write the vision and make it plain, but begin to put it in our mouths and come into agreement, we see those things that be not come to pass. For God looks at us and he looks at our future and he is speaking creatively and he is waiting for your agreement on the earth. The word of the Lord is like a two-edged sword. It cuts once in his mouth and once in yours. It, it, it is powerful, but he is waiting for agreement. And we come into agreement with the purposes of heaven with our mouth, with the words of our mouth to speak out and declare those things that be not as though they are. I remember when I, um, years ago, I was doing everything, we were just running our Friday night meetings, and I would worship lead, then I would preach, then I would prophesy and pray for people while the band was playing, and a little while, after a little while of doing that, I got a nodule on my vocal cord, and my singing range went from this to like this, and my voice was groggy, and I could hardly speak, and I couldn't sing, and I went to the specialist and he looked down my throat, very uncomfortable. They put a thing through your nose to look down there. Awful. He says, Oh, you've got a nodule. You have to go to speech therapy. I'm "I'm a speech and drama teacher. Why do I have to go to speech therapy? And that was awful. I'd have to drudge away to speech therapy every week and pay lots of money. And, and um, but every day, even when my throat was hurting and it was gravelly and sore and I'd declare for three months, every day I just declared, my voice is strong and clear and I have a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> and it would hurt to do it, but I was not going to live like this. I would declare, you've called me to preach the gospel, of God, so I thank you. You've given me a voice that's cl- strong and clear. I have a beautiful singing voice and my voice is strong and clear. Every day for three months. Suddenly, one day I woke up, bang, it's all gone. Never had a problem since. The Holy Spirit is waiting for you to aggressively take hold of the promises of God, to engage in a spiritual fight with the weapons of of your warfare that are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. When you know who you are and you know what you look like, you will behave differently. You will talk differently. That's why I am so pedantic about my words. Sarah would tell you, or Joel, any of my staff, Aaron would tell you, i jump on them if they say anything that is not going to create something good. I, I, I won't let them do it. It's true, guys, right? I speak so strongly because I don't want them prophesying a single thing that they don't want to have come to pass. So I don't let them speak out negative things. It just, I'm, I, I'm vigilant. I jump on them almost because I love them. And I want their future to be wonderful, but I know the power of the prophetic word. I know that when I'm speaking, I don't have to say, thus saith the Lord, to be creating. I don't need to say, thus saith the Lord, to be prophesying everything I do. Everything I do now, I am a steward of the spirit of God within me. It's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine. What business does Catherine have speaking anything that doesn't agree with what heaven is saying? I have a responsibility now. I, am not, I'm not, not being filled with the spirit of God just to live. However I please, I now am a slave to righteousness by choice, a love slave, I've given myself to God, and my delight and my desire is to begin to speak and de- and declare those things that the Lord is saying, we, get, we do it as a family, we go round and round and, and, and speak out those things that be not as though they are, and after you've done it about 10, 15 times, you start to discover things about your own family you never knew was in there, I never knew some of the desires that come out of Tom's heart or Joseph's heart. It's so exciting when you start to see them have to creatively think, what is it that I'm looking for? What is it that I want to see happen in my life? God is waiting, I believe, for the people of God to break out of a cultural slumber that has been limited by a tall poppy syndrome that said, who am I to think too much of myself? Hey, you shouldn't be thinking about yourself at all. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you, and you've got one life to let him be lifted high. I've not been given five talents or two talents or one talent. But the guy with five talents in the parable, he, he multiplied it. He stewarded it well, and he was given a whole lot more. To him who has, more will be given. So it's not fair, it's just the way it is in the kingdom. The guy who had two talents, he multiplied it. The master gave him more. But the guy who had one talent, he buried it, sat on it, did nothing with it. I haven't been given five talents or two talents or one talent. I've been given the son of God. What business do I have to just keep him to myself? What business do I have to just say, well, that's good. At least I'm going to heaven. Christ in me is yearning, groaning. The spirit of God within me is groaning to see Christ revealed, Christ manifested. This is the hour. This is the season. This is the time. The Holy Spirit is longing to manifest Christ's glory in ways you haven't yet imagined. That word that Pastor Joel just shared about casting your nets on the other side. It's time. It's time. But we, you might have tried it before, but I tell you, there is a gift of faith being released on the body of Christ now. And if you will agree with God, you will see it happen. You will see Him who has promised it prove Himself faithful. He's just waiting for you to jump in and recognize it's all upon us now. The wave is here. Swim hard go after it it's time we're not waiting for revival it's hitting us right now it's time to swim with what god is saying and say yes jesus more i want rain in the time of rain i'm going to agree with you i'm not going to get caught up with talking about what isn't happening or consider the deadness of my womb or whatever it is that you want to say i'm not going to consider the circumstances and say well you know If I wasn't a hundred years old, maybe I could imagine having some children. Abraham didn't even consider the fact that not only was he a hundred, but so was Sarah. By faith, he went, God says it. So I'm going to say it. Hey, I'm going to call you Sarah. And you're going to call me Abraham instead of Sarai, because this is what we are. Mother of many, father of many nations. Hallelujah. He played the game. It's not my game. It's Abraham's game. But I tell you what, it's pretty glorious. Because if you don't quit, the Holy Spirit will see his His glory, his promises manifested in your life. This is all birthed out of a relationship with God. You can't have the boldness and the confidence to be able to declare these things if you think that God is not happy with you. If you think God doesn't love you, if, if you think that, well, I'm only a little Christian trying to do my best. It all begins with the love of God. It begins and it ends with him who is love. It's impossible to have faith in somebody you don't know. So he's waiting for you to every day let him make you lie down in green pastures so he can restore your soul. To deal with any of the lies that you've been believing and remind you what you look like. If any man's a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's because he's forgotten what he looked like. So the Lord is there every day. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit is here waiting for you to take time to let him remind you. Let me show you what you look like. Let's read the word together. The word of God is is a mirror to you. It's, It's not something you have to live up to. It's a mirror that you are identified by. Everything you read and love about God God is love. God is patient. He is kind. That is now your definition. It's not some mark that you have to live up to. It is who you are. And when you believe it, when you agree with it, when you let your heart receive it, if you let your heart agree with God that you have been set free from sin, Set free from self that you are not guilty, that you are not an evil person with evil desires, but that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. That temptation may come, but you are not defined by your temptations. You are defined by the righteousness of Jesus. We are not allowed to live our lives entertaining the feelings of guilt and shame and condemnation. For Romans 8 tells us there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's a distraction from the main game, which is to be able to stand boldly before the throne. 1 John chapter 3, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we can receive. You could say, if your heart doesn't contend you, you have confidence toward God and you can play the game. With excitement and joy, because you know you have what you're saying. If anyone says to this tree, be uprooted and planted to this the sea, and they have faith, it'll be done. That's a pretty good invitation. I can see James going, mm, yes, he does this. God is looking for us to rise above what has been in the past a normal standard. I love what Nathaniel says about the normal Christian life. Normal Christ- I mean, average Christians measure themselves by other Christians. A normal Christian measures themselves by Christ. It's time to lift the expectation, to step out of ourselves and into him. Hallelujah. To reckon ourselves dead and alive to God in Christ. To begin to make our souls come into agreement with what God says. To allow your feelings to start to come into agreement with God. If you don't let yourself believe what he says about you, but you play the false humility game of, oh, no, no, not me. God's there saying, You are patient, you are kindness personified, you are holy, you are altogether lovely. And if you go, Oh no God, I'm dark, I'm 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 terrible, I'm wicked, he'll keep going. You are beautiful, you are lovely. But you he's not wanting you to live in this place where you keep disagreeing with him. Faith pleases God, not your false humility. When you're going, Oh no, God, no, no, I'm a wretched worm. He's there going, I want you to agree with me. I want you to believe what I'm saying. Because once you believe what I'm saying, you will suddenly enter into freedom. You will suddenly enter into peace and joy. You will suddenly enter into a holy boldness where we can start walking as bride and bridegroom, reigning on the earth. It's in the book. It's in Romans as well. God's looking for you to surrender your life to him, to say, yes, God, I want to be joined with you in agreement. I want to respond to you and say, yes. When my heart condemns me, I'll declare that you are greater than my heart. So heart, let me preach the truth to you. Why are you downcast within me? Hoping God. Forget not all his benefits. He's taken away all your iniquity in other words in hebrew it means all your crookedness so whenever i'm having a bad feeling about myself oh Catherine, you're selfish you're lazy you're you're this you're that i need to go "Uh uh-uh that's a lie let me tell you the truth If I've done something selfish or lazy, I confess my sin. I said, that was selfish, that was wrong. Sorry, God. But this is the truth because this is what you've done. As I exchanged my sin, as I've confessed my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I will tell my soul now, you are not allowed to live in guilt and shame and condemnation. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are generous and kind and patient and holy. You are love personified. And I'll speak it to my heart. And then I'll let myself meditate on it. say la, think about it until it cracks through into my heart and I start to believe it. What does it feel like to be as righteous as God? It's not a wishful thought. It's not something I'll achieve one day. It's something I've received by grace through faith. I am as righteous as God. I'm as righteous as God. I'm not an annoying person. I'm not some person who struggles with rejection and insecurity. That's not who I am anymore. That person's been taken off like a shell. This is who I am now. I am rooted and grounded in love as he is. So am I in this world? This isn't something I'm vainly confessing, hoping that I'll agree it. I speak it out out of a truth, knowing this is what you say. And I let my words preach to my soul and I instruct my soul to begin to come into agreement. Because I'm not the just who live by my feelings. I'm the just who lives by faith. And I want these feelings to come into agreement now. You come into agreement. You are so loving. You are so powerful. You are full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. You are holy. You are righteous. You are anointed. It's not a pep talk. It's truth. It's renewing my mind with the washing of the Word. Washing away the lies so I remember what I look like. Because if when I remember what I look like, I become not just a hero of the word, but a doer. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the way you feel about us. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, that you use the weak and foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Lord, that you take the broken and the rejected and you make them mighty men and women of God. You bring beauty instead of ashes. Thank you, Father. Lord, that through the cross we become new creations, co-heirs with Christ as you are in in this earth. Holy Spirit, I'm asking, Lord, that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of God so that we would know the hope of our calling, that we would understand the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, the saints, that you look at us and you say, I'm so excited they're alive. They are my inheritance in the earth. They are as I am in the earth. Greater works than these shall they do. Lord, I'm asking that you would cause us to know the greatness of the power toward us who believe, that you would bring revelation, that we don't walk by our own faith, but we live by the faith of the Son of God, that you've given us your life, your heart, your mind, your faith, everything pertaining to life and godliness. Lord, through the knowledge of you, let us know you, let us see you. Father, wake your people up to righteousness. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said, Amen.